The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. We hope you're having a great day and a great week so far. And again, thanks for joining us as we uh, work through the Word of God. Uh, We started last week in the book of 2 Corinthians. And so if you're following along with us, uh, we are in 2 Corinthians. We're working towards the end of chapter 1. And so if you're following along with us, we finished yesterday with this idea um, a little bit of what Paul had stated, he was in a desire to come back and see. Please remember how these churches worked. He had gone on a missionary, well, three missionary journeys, and he would plant churches. And then his desire was to go back and, and, and minister and go back to these churches and encourage. He'd establish them. There were pastors at it, but he wanted to come back. And the, the role of the apostle was very different. It doesn't exist today. And it was a unique time, and he wanted to come back. And uh, he ended up not going back. We'll see uh, later in this chapter, towards the end of it, why not. But... Um, he, he received apparently some criticism from people who weren't a big fan of the fact that he didn't come back. And so, uh, and in that, they, they kind of even, seems like they pinned what he was saying, his unwillingness to kind of criticize his teaching. So let's go to verse 15. Pick up verse 15 here. We're going to walk through a little bit and see what, uh, what it is that Paul is trying to teach us here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 15. And, this is the, and in this confidence, I was minded to come to you, uh, unto you before, that ye might have a second benefit. He goes, I wanted to come. I wanted to be encouragement. Not every time he got to go back to churches, I wanted to come back and help you and to find this extra benefit. He goes, and to pass by you into Macedonia and to come again out of Macedonia unto you and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. So he just gives in a couple of verses some of his traveling journeys, what he was trying to do, how he was trying to accomplish it. Then he says in verse 17, When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I purpose, did I propose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? Now here's what he's saying, when I was thus minded, when it was my plan to come to you, but I did not. He said, what I, was I being in the flesh? Was I just kind of going off my opinion? I want to do it and kind of being wishy-washy we use today. He used the phrase, yay, yay, nay, nay. The premise in that, what we see here is he's saying, was I not being serious? What we, it's either yes or no. Was I kind of just in between, kind of not really being honest or sincere? I said I was going to do it, but I wasn't really sure. Was I, was, was I being kind of double-minded or, as we said, wishy-washy? He said, that's not true. That's not what I was doing. So what we have here is just a level of criticism. Paul wanted to do something. He probably said he was going to do something, and he did not do it. And so he's got people frustrated. He's got criticisms towards it for what he ended up not doing. And so they come and say, is your word bad? Is what, can we no longer trust you based upon the things you did? He says in verse 18, but as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. It was not back and forth. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me in Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. He goes, so we weren't back and forth. We weren't unsure. He goes, what we said is no different than what we preached. He says, so what we were desiring to do, we were planning to do it. It was our intention. And it's no different than we preached the word of God to you. What he's saying is what we say, what we have said, if, if we say it, we have an intention to do it. That is our desire. That is our heart. And that is our intention to do this. And he says, you can, you can still trust our word in these times. He goes, and you can see what was preached among us, me, Savinius, Timotheus. These were facts. What you hear was facts. And I wonder if sometimes maybe what we're seeing here is that Paul, because 
He didn't do what the people thought he should do, that maybe they were frustrated, well, if you're not willing to come, can we even trust your preaching? And undoubtedly, preachers are going to have critics, especially in this day, and the apostles, where they're, they're starting this new religion and a renewed belief, this faith, and it, it's coming at its opposite of Judaism, and they're under attack, they're under persecution. And so they're going to have critics, and critics are looking for any reason uh, to tell Paul where he's wrong. And so it, likely where he's trying to clarify here, and then verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yea. And in him, amen, under the glory of God by us. What we taught you is true. These are the promises. There is no back and forth. Verse 23, then he, then he talks about, I love this. So he talks about the criticism. Then he goes in the promises of God. Then he talks a bit about the working of the Holy Spirit. The promises of God. Then he says in verse 21, now he which establishes us with you is in Christ. The Holy Spirit in us. He's in us. He's established us in Christ. And he has anointed us is God who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. And so he's done. He's anointed us. He's sealed us. He's given us the earnest of our spirit. So he's anointed us. The idea of anointing, Jesus or God has anointed us. That premise simply means giving us the Holy Spirit. Now remember, in the New Testament, the what we call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit was new. In the Old Testament, the, the believers that followed God did not have the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there'd be times where God's Holy Spirit would come upon them and give them a, a necessary power for the time, and then they would leave. They just followed the law. In the New Testament, this comforter, the Bible says the comforter would come. He would come and he would indwell them. Now, let me take a moment and explain this. There's a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. When you are saved, at the moment of your salvation, you experience what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is different than the physical baptism. When you are saved, you are given the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism just means immersion, which means one, the day upon your salvation, you are given all of the Holy Spirit. He lives in it. What we see, he dwells inside of you on that time. Uh, that just means he's there. Really, it's kind of the idea of he's there and, and a desire to guide and a desire to direct, the desire to empower you. But he doesn't force it upon you. He's there. You have the resource of the Holy Spirit in you at all times for prayer, intercession, power, strength, comfort, all kinds of things. But the, the filling of the Holy Spirit is different. You have that ability, but are you allowing him to control you? The filling is something we must give to God. We must come to him and we must make sure we're right with God. We've confessed our sin and we ask him for filling and we give them the freedom. We live in obedience. In that, God then begins to direct and he fills us. That indwelling takes over. Not in a possession realm where we're no longer in control, but he now guides and he now directs as we seek him to do that. And that's what he's talking about. We've been anointed. We have the Holy Spirit. We, we have uh, the, the filling. He's there and we can have that power if we want it. He's given it to us by the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. As a Christian, you can have the indwelling your whole life and never enjoy the filling. Uh, you have to desire. You have to be following God. You have to be in obedience to God. You have to be to deal with your sin. I, I, it's not really complicated. It's not like you've got to follow through and do everything perfectly. You just have to be willing to confess and be in obedience and follow. It's really not that complicated, and God wants that. He wants this to be easy if we're willing to follow. So that's what he starts. And he says he sealed us. Now, this is a very important aspect of the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's an interesting phrase when we go to um, old prophecy times. It talks about uh, the book of life. Uh, he goes, your name in passage more than once has mentioned your name will be blotted out of the book of life. The book of life is the book of anybody who has ever been born. And so it's a record of all humans who are born into the earth, and all their names are on it. Uh, when you come to the end of life 
and you are to die. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, when you die, your name disappears. The best way to put it, your name's kind of there in pencil. You're there, but when you die, your name disappears if you've not accepted Christ. And there are the unpardonable sin of the things where your name can be blotted out, the Bible says. So he goes in, and while your name is there, because you are eligible for salvation, he eliminates that. Um, he, when you're sealed, the Bible says in Ephesians, it says the same day, we're sealed into the day of redemption. What that means is when we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes, if you can use the phrase, it's a bad illustration, but in pencil, he seals that and he makes it permanent. That name can no longer be erased. We can never do anything to lose our salvation. We can never do anything to erase our name and to lose our spot in heaven because we did not do anything to earn our place in heaven. It came from God. It's a positional thing. So the Holy Spirit seals us permanently. So when Jesus opens the book of life, what you're going to see is an old, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of empty spaces where other names of people were. This kind of goes back where he says in Peter, God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. That's what he's referencing. Everybody had a chance. But when you get saved, you're sealed. It's a permanent thing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He seals us. And then he gives us earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. He gives us direction. He gives us guidance. And he is with us forever. And then we'll finish in verse 23 to finish the chapter. He goes, Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul, that to spare you, I came not unto you as into Corinth. He goes, as, as is the reason I did not come, to spare you. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. So he stated, we're coming, and, and he, goes, not, he goes, we're not trying to come overpower you. We're, we want to be your joy. We want to teach you. We want to help you to be able to stand on your own, on your faith, and not stand just on us. And that's an important thing that a leader desires. A leader's great desire, a spiritual leader, is that those he's leading will recognize that their strength in their Christian journey, their strength in their Christian life is not found in that person. They are going to guide them to it, but my goal is to guide people to the Word of God where they can find strength and stability in the Word of God themselves. Uh, they're not finding it in me. Their hope and their strength is not in a person. It's in God and in His Word and the Holy Spirit. My job is to guide people to that point. So you don't need me, per se, to do it. You need me to guide you to it. That's what Paul's saying. We don't want to hurt you and make you think you need us to do this. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Bible, and you need to stand your faith on that. And so that's the reason he said. Simply what he says is we just chose not to come. We were going to, and we found it to be better not to. It's the decision he made. It wasn't that we lied. It's just we chose not to. You have everything you need without us, and it sounds like it'd be better if we didn't come right now so that you find your faith in Jesus Christ. May we do that. May we recognize the faith and the strength we have in the Holy Spirit. May we recognize and find the strength we have in God and His Word. He's given us the answers for everything we need. And may that be the source of our strength. And while we will follow other people and listen to teaching and, and place around us people that will guide us in this direction and in, in mentors and things like that, our hope is in the Lord, it's in Christ and in His Word. And may we find that, uh, find that even today. Thanks again for joining us as we walk through the book of 2 Corinthians. Thanks for giving me a chance to be part of your day. We hope it's a help. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.